Hello, I am Sophie. This is my show called Six of Spades, which airs Saturdays at 10 a.m. on KMIH 889 The Bridge. And the show is available on podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever else you find your podcast. So today, my episode is going to be on the origin of storytelling. Um, so I'll just get right into it. So prevailing in daily life since basically almost the beginning of human time and life, storytelling has pretty much been involved throughout all of it and aging back to 30,000 um 30,000 BC which is where this story kind of starts or this um timeline I want to say scientists estimate this date to be um some of the first encounters of storytelling and this is through paintings found in caves which basically depicted murals or rituals and hunting stories and one also interesting thing I want to add is how they got like the colors to make all these paintings. And it was from mixing up round natural elements such as dirt, red ochre, I believe that's pronounced, and animal blood as well. And they mixed these sort of things with animal fat and saliva. And oh, of course, charcoal too from fire. This is like the, it's probably still used today um, in some paints as a really good um, medium. And then another technique they would use as well, which is really interesting, is they would blow paint onto the wall by putting paint like inside bird bones or other animal bones and then blowing through the hollow bone to make this sort of splatter technique almost, which is really interesting. I think that just goes to show too the innovation that has happened at such an early time. Uh, and that's definitely evolved, obviously evolved <laughs> fast since that time. So uh, moving on in the timeline, the next estimated form of storytelling was actually in ancient Greece. And with, while a majority of their stories were preserved through just oral storytelling, the Greeks are the first known civilization to develop writing and use it in storytelling. And one other thing I will also add on this topic is one common way that was used. I'm not sure if this was ancient Greek or just Greece in general, but they would take slabs of clay and also then write in it with sticks, I believe it was, or like reeds, something like that, and then wait for it to dry, and then they would have their like printed out, <laughs> kind of printed out paper. Um, so I just found that really interesting. I heard of that a while ago. And um, yeah, so that was some of the, the next instances in ancient Greece. And then over the next central several centuries, the art of storytelling kind of developed into cohesive works too like the Bible, um, which was written in 1300 BC, and Bible full of stories, myths, legends about kings, gods, prophets, these stories and lessons, which of course had a religious purpose that were like learned through mainly spoken storytelling as the priests at times were the only one who were able to read the Bible because um, they were the only ones who knew how to read. But uh, the Bible was throughout time kind of almost some sort of base of basically all storytelling as it just gave inspiration and ideas to writers and storytellers throughout time, as it basically contained almost every trope and story plot. So one um, pretty common technique for some writers is to literally just read a Bible, <laughs> read the Bible, I guess, and get just ideas on storytelling and different ideas and tropes and plots. So I also cannot have this episode without mentioning William Shakespeare, who was born in 1564, who was an English-speaking writer, actor, and poet. He didn't live too long, though, but that's just by today's standards. He still lived pretty long. Um, but he still wrote 37 plays during his lifetime and also contributed 
very largely to building storytelling because almost all of his work as well was relatable to everyone and available for all to see no matter of their um, political or social class. Um, and today, uh, Shakespeare is still the most performed playwright of all time. And interestingly enough as well, he invented about 1,700 words, which is pretty crazy. That's like, I'm sure that means about on average, maybe like every day you say something from Shakespeare or something around that. Um, but after the era of Shakespeare, moving on the timeline, fairy tales actually started rising in popularity in France. But many of these were generally passed down through families generationally, as in like, oh, my parents told me this story and now I'll tell it to you. So kind of keeping their immortality in that sense, but many were not written down still at this time. And the purpose of many of these stories back then, and I guess technically still today, a lot of them are still popular, was just to teach kids mainly about society and morals and just the rules. So for example, Boy Who Cried Wolf, teaching kids don't lie, don't repeat things if you don't mean it, I guess. And then Little Red Riding Hood, still pretty popular today, being to just not trust strangers, I guess. And then also Hansel and Gretel, don't trust witches in the forest or get in their oven. Um, this, these, a lot of these are mainly just teaching kids through fear factor. Because I'm assuming if you tell a kid like, oh, don't do this, you're going to die. Like these kids in the story, they're not going to do it. So I guess they did work in that sense. Um, but being, getting back onto our timeline, the invention of the newspaper greatly affected storytelling. Um, this was kind of mainly starting in 1690. And while writing was, like, I, I would say, the main breakthrough for storytelling, as you're able to immortalize it in that sense, it would not be what it is today without photography, also included in the newspaper, um, which did also, of course, didn't come until much later. But I would say that it's incredibly meaningful and important to stories, as it does really allow people to understand things and see them on a deeper level. And of course, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, and adding on to that, I recently read this kind of like a picture photography. It was like a picture book, but it was photography. And it was so interesting because it was just all this whole, this big collection um, from this lady who went to, I believe it was Cuba. And she had like, she had, okay, so it was all these pictures of these people who were doing like certain jobs and stuff. And then it had this whole like section of all the stories about them. And you really just would not have understood the book, even if she described it in such detail, you just would not be able to get the sense of their stories without seeing these pictures to like tell you the background, what their life is like, like what things, I don't know, there's just a different vibe you can't, you can't get from writing. So I would say that pictures were incredibly valuable to, in the grand scheme of the origin of storytellings. So fast forwarding a long time into the 19th century, when people really started combining storytelling with motion picture, starting in 1939 with the first TV, all the way to the 21st century, where we are today, I, obviously a lot has changed. Um, I think I think the, another, the next big shift in storytelling would have been, obviously after the TV, creation of the TV, would be turning it into color. I think not only did that probably start addictions to, t to TVs, but it definitely gave them a lot more viewers and fans because it just widens their audience, makes more people interested. And also Walt Disney, I would, too, would say, have a really big effect on this. Um, there was a really good documentary. I'm forgetting what it's on. Maybe it was on Netflix. It's probably just called something like Walt Disney or Disney, but I really suggest you go watch it. It's basically the, the life of Walt Disney, how he 
started the Disney brand, what inspired him. And there were also some really cool stuff on like how he actually created motion pictures. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it was like he was the first person to make stop motion in film or something of that sort. I'm not sure. I should probably go rewatch it. And you should watch it too. It's a really good film. Um, but moving on, my predictions for the future of storytelling definitely lies within virtual reality. Um, and I think that people are going to want to start being able to actually like live through stories, maybe, instead of just hearing them and seeing them. For example, let's say, actually, I'm, I'm sure this probably already exists, honestly, but virtual reality sets where you're within the story. Let me like choose your own adventure sort of thing, but you actually experience the story living through it in your virtual reality. And this definitely has a big audience. I'm sure little kids obviously going to entertain little kids. And people, okay, this whole virtual reality thing, we're like living a life that is not yours. That is becoming very popular. And I think that Elon Musk is probably going to get on that soon. Probably very soon. Anyways, but to conclude this episode, from Caveman's just to HGTV, there are some things in storytelling that have stayed consistent and probably always will. The idea of being a good storyteller is still measured in how well you can portray your story and engage your audience. And storytelling and stories in general will probably forever be formed in the idea of an interesting sequence of events with an engaging narrative. And storytelling is, of course, ever-evolving and will continue to evolve society and develop next generations and probably how we teach them. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Six of Spades with Sophie, which airs Saturdays at 10 on KMIH 88.9 on the radio, or you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.